What we now call stalking is not a new phenomenon. The behaviours that we now define as stalking are documented as far back as the 1600s. Harassment is a term often used, and several well-publicised incidents of the harassment of celebrities by fans has led the press to begin speaking of star-stalking by the late 1980s. In 1989, television actress Rebecca Schaefer was murdered by a fan. In 1993, tennis player Monica Seles was stabbed by a supporter of rival player Steffi Graf. Several of the cases involved in the harassment of celebrities in California and the entertainment industry began to press for criminal penalties for star-stalking in California. However, it had become a worldwide issue and lawmakers and law enforcement were, and still are, slow to react. Technology has now advanced so much that someone's ability to access your online life without ever meeting you has never been easier. Message boards, Friends Reunited, MSN, then Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok and YouTube. The reasons for stalking or harassing behaviour varies case to case and is constantly evolving, leaving professionals scrambling to keep up. This week, we cover three cases of stalking of content creators. Sweet Anita, David Heiss and Christopher Giles. This is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and Mother's here as well. So, so today's <laughs> episode is a little bit different than otherwise. Than the, 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 <clears throat> as I was saying, you got some feedback again. Oh God. Or you got messaged and... This isn't the one you're talking about. So we got messaged again. I like at the start of this podcast. I like to talk to you about shit that's completely relevant to the podcast because this is like the only time I can really get it in there. So you know how you get contacted by say people who want to sponsor the podcast. A big one at the moment is something like a VPN. You might have heard them on other podcasts uh, like Manscaped or whatever, like Dolly Shave Club. We're not going to give the name of this one because that's like free advertising for it. But imagine one that's like Shave My Scrote, right? It was just if you're an advertising person or you you go out to influencers or content creators to advertise your put your your stuff would you go to one that's a true a true crime podcast that talks about like patricide infanticide you know people getting murdered and go do you want a smooth ball bag no i wouldn't personally i i think their marketing people need retraining personally it was yeah my 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 mum i boggled that's the only way to put it yeah and the other one that we got um again no names but when you told me that they'd messages, they were a relative of someone we did a case on. And my instinct was, oh, fuck, what did I say was I mean? But I wasn't. And what I said was justified. It was really interesting when they contacted me. It was one of these situations, I think, that they knew of their relative's name and they just did a random internet search and came up on our podcast and they decided to listen to it. And it was a case of, you know, at Christmas time when you've got, you know, a drunk uncle in the corner and family secrets come out. I think there was a lot of stuff that they hadn't known. But it's not a weird drunk uncle. Uncle, it's a mother and her given child. Yeah. So in the study was... recording a podcast. But yeah, it was just interesting. And I thought it'd be funny. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd make you talk about that now because you didn't want to do it. No. But uh-huh. yeah, do you want to get on to today's case of a bit of a different one? Yeah, well... We actually had a really heated discussion, people, about the title, as when I was writing this outline, I used the term stalking gamers, and I was firmly put in my place. My only experience of online games was way, way back playing Tetris and Mahjong, and gaming And that wasn't, that wasn't even online. No, uh, it, it was no, not it online wasn't. gaming, it's handheld. No, no, but it wasn't an insult, and you are going to reveal the errors of my ways in this episode, aren't you, Cameron? Yeah, so it's not necessarily an insult, but... If you describe someone as a gamer, a lot of times it can be like synonymous with like a nerd or like a, a, a geek or some little person that just stays at home playing video games in their like loft or whatever. But yeah, it's got like a weird connotation to it. And especially with the people that we're talking about in today's episode, they're not necessarily gamers. Like just because you play video games online, what's the purpose of people watching you? Are you an entertainer that happens to be through the medium of playing games or... Are you a professional Dota 2 player, League of Legends, uh, Valorant, CSGO? They're, it's different things. For It's a similar, it's the same medium, but it's very different. Yeah. And, and, that, I, and that's all that I meant. So when you're saying that, so one of the people you mentioned was Sweet Anita, uh, she streams on Twitch as a gamer. I'm like, she's not. She primarily does just chatting when she talks to people and they like her for her personality and whatever else. And occasionally she might play video games, but that's not the purpose where people watch her. They watch her for her. 
Agreed. And it's something that because I don't do it and I'm not in that world and you are, you don't realise how these things have changed so fast, which is partly why this whole of everything that we're going to talk about in this episode is so different, even in 20, 30 years, how things primarily caused by technology have moved on. So just to be clear, we're not going to be discussing trolls. Not the Scandinavian folk ones that live under bridges. But according to the Merriam-Webster's dictionary definition, they're a person who intentionally antagonises others online by posting inflammatory, relevant or offensive comments. It was adopted in the late 1980s, apparently, that terminology, and it's widely recognised now, but not always understood. To disagree with someone online is fine, but to be deliberately antagonistic to get a reaction is what a troll does. It sometimes can and sometimes does devolve into stalking behaviour, however. So many cases where people's social media has been shut down by an accusation of either being a troll or, or by a troll, and the companies do not appear to have any sort of consistent management how to deal with the accusations. South Park did a really good string of episodes on this. One of the main characters' dads is, I think he's a like a psychiatrist, or like, he's like a doctor. Mm-hmm. And when he gets home, he goes upstairs, he gets a bottle of wine, pulls it out, sniffs it, sits down at the computer and then goes on Facebook and tells people to kill themselves under like, um, ah, cause that's what he gets joy out of. And it's, yeah, just goes online and then harasses or annoys celebrities or. Yeah. That is online. by definition yeah. a troll, but it, it doesn't, it's not specifically a celebrity. It can be, any, I mean, I'm sure yeah. everyone that's, everyone that's listening to this now is on using their phone on the internet or something. Yeah. They're aware of the concept of a troll. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't think that needs that much explaining. No. So let's dive in. Sweet Anita. She's 30-year-old English. She streams on Twitch. She does YouTube. She has Tourette's syndrome, which produces some really interesting reactions and interactions. I think she, I think it's uh, coprophilia or something. She, I'm butchering how that's pronounced. It's the, the swearing one. Yeah, I think it's coprophilia is one yeah. that she has. Well, she ended up with this problem with somebody that was following her on Twitch to start with, um, and it just escalated and escalated. Basically, the guy was arrested in November 2019, and he was subsequently had been convicted after attacking her in the street. Two people had to restrain him. He chased her out of a shop and physically attacked her, is what I read. He was only given a two-month suspended sentence and a restraining order. And he's still appearing on her Twitch feed and he's threatened to stab her. He's posted visibly on Twitter in July 2020 and he's also breaking that restraining order. Apparently he's moved about four minutes away from her house. Yet the police force in her area, and we don't actually know where in the UK she is because she's actually too scared to reveal it. They don't appear to be doing any taking any action against him. So even messages to say that he would be round to her house to kill her in 15 minutes resulted in zero action from the police. They never visited and they took an hour and a half to actually call her back. According to her, not one single police officer she has dealt with has understood what she does for a living or what doxing is. Their advice is to stop streaming and basically get offline. So, Cam... So a slight uh, amendment to what I said before. It's not coprophilia. That's being obsessed with poo. It's coprolalia, which is the obscene language. Anyway, <laughs> just fixing that. Because if, if for whatever reason this reaches out, I don't want her to think something. I'm saying it's not. Right. Um, yeah, I think they said for her is that she should just stop. So she went to them. What can I do? And being harassed, blah, blah, blah. And the piece just said, stop streaming online. Stop putting your content out there, which is just literally prime victim blaming. Imagine you walk out on the street and someone hits you over the head and they say you shouldn't have been outside. Yep. But you're the victim. Why should you have to change what you're doing when what you're doing isn't that? I think he attacked her outside of like a supermarket, like a yeah, Tesco. Yeah, chased her out of the shop, yeah. And the public had to stop him. That's how she managed to get away. Yep. He moved, uh, she moved house. He found it. Uh, he was staying in hostels and then any time they'd go, and then she'd report him anytime time they'd go to find him. He'd have moved or it wasn't a permanent state of address so he could move. There was just a lot of things about it. So, she couldn't do anything. And why would you think, why should you stop dream, uh, streaming? That's your form of income. That's what you do for a job. That's what you enjoy doing. You shouldn't have to do it because of someone else who's become obsessed with you via your meet, your content online. You shouldn't have to do that. So what people don't know is what doxing is. If you know where someone lives online, uh, says someone you disagree with, and you find out 
there are ways of doing it and this isn't a guide but yeah. someone on twitter is a shitbag you click on them you find out the university that they go to because it's in the, the banner profile you ring the, the union you go i've got evidence of someone being a fuck online whatever and you can then like that's kind of like, I guess it's like opposite of doxing so what doxing is you find someone's address and you post it online yeah. for whatever reason like, and then people can interact with it so you get like stuff like swatting people yep. like spam pizzas so they'll order like 35 pizzas to get sent to someone's address and they answer it and they're like yeah this is like 400 pounds or whatever and they're like well fuck I didn't order this and then they get blacklisted from loads of places people find your address and you can imagine people can know where you live so they, and, if, and if they're mentally unwell they might try and harm you which isn't unheard of Back before the, this level of technology caused this thing, there were very similar behaviours with um, people would... You could sign up people to um, get leaflets delivered, pamphlets delivered, newspapers delivered. Taxis were a big thing. So you'd end up with exactly the same with the pizza companies. You'd end up... Taxis were the only way you could get around at 10 o'clock at night in the UK prior to the, yeah. you know... And exactly that same sort of behaviour. So it's it's just a case of it's evolved by people doing it. I've heard of people having um, funeral undertakers turning up at their doors. Yeah. They've had wreaths delivered. Yeah, exactly. So that's why they might say specifically, I live in Kent or somewhere. They might say that, but they'll never be specific and you should never be specific online. Like, I've always had the concern of maybe someone I know personally might reveal it for whatever reason by mistake and then that ruins your relationship with that person and now everyone knows where you live yeah so it's illegal to dox people now there's this woman on twitter who thought she was being a social justice warrior or being good for whatever cause i think her name was like sky jackson i think and she was doxing kids she was going through old tweets from years and years ago and saying oh you insulted this person who was a minority look how racist they are this is the school they go to to her like how many of the hundreds of thousands of followers she has on Twitter and they would obviously then just bombard the school because they're these Good rabid Lord. fans of hers and that's one thing they were doing that's and that that's one example of why doxing is bad imagine if a school gets thousands of report of reports from you you might be a star ball player you might be doing really well you might be on a scholarship they don't matter schools like you've got thousands of complaints you're gone for whatever reason so then that's just one example of how doxing something can ruin your life. And it can, it can, so one, the big issue with this, I know this is deviating slightly from Sweet Anita, and I'm rambling, is swatting from it, which is a slight yeah. higher version. So with, with swatting, it doesn't happen so much in the UK. It's primarily a states issue. I guess it might happen in like Eastern Europe, maybe South America, other places as well, where they will ring the police and be like, help, I'm trapped in XYZ address, which is the name of the streamer. Um, they've got a gun. I'm scared. Help. And then the SWAT team will turn up. And then up, a SWAT yeah. team will literally barge mm. through the door, guns raised, thinking that this is what's happened. And it's, there's been instances where it's happened on live streams. There's compilations online of people that are live streaming. People find the address of the streamer and they SWAT them. You think, why would someone do that? Why would they risk someone's life for a meme online? It's just that they're getting a reaction and that's what the joy they get from it. They don't see the severity of it. Or if they do see it, they don't care. And then there's been a few instances of uh, H2HD, which are a, a YouTuber, content creator, um, podcaster. They got, I think, I'm not sure if they got doxxed or swatted. I think they might have got swatted. And the person who did it uh, finally got arrested and sentenced. So that's one example of it. But you can see how online, if you have a nefarious means, finding out someone's address. Because if you're, say you, get, say you get a few million views on YouTube videos, tens of thousands of viewers on Twitch at a time, live viewers, which is a lot. 20,000 people watching at a time is, that's a lot of people to watch you over your shoulder. Imagine you're sat there chatting to people or doing whatever with your boys. There's 20,000 people watching you. It's a lot, right? It'd be quite daunting. Yeah. Well, you get a couple of hundred and we're like, shit the bed. People are listening to us. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I, I think it's weird because if I'm asleep or whatever and someone might be listening to me, I know it's not live. But I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I find it strange. But you can understand if you have these, these huge numbers of people, these parasocial relationships form where yeah. they provide content. Yeah. They think of them as a friend. When you've got that many people watching you, you're going to get some people that think that and that are going to want to try yeah. to form a relationship with you for whatever means. You know that thing of why does a child act up sometimes? So they're not getting attention. Maybe they want attention from that person. Maybe the person stalking Sweet Anita just wants the attention. They don't care why they're getting it. It might be for various means. It might be for yeah, other we, reasons. Yeah, we, 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 that's the problem with this case. We don't, actually don't know. 
In the UK, we have a um, pretty comprehensive legislation against stalking since late 2012. And there's even a Metropolitan Police Stalking Threat Assessment Centre, which was really news to me when I did the research. But I've actually seen tweets from the Met Police to Sweet Anita that ask her to contact him. And the guess is that Anita is not in London or else they would have perhaps taken action, maybe. In 2018, a vice research found that 55 women were killed between 15 and 2017 in the UK by men that they previously reported to the police for stalking. So something's not working, is it? I mean, you've got 55 women over a two-year period. Side note, when I searched for any updates on this, which I've not found, I did find an Indian site where the English translation of Sweet Anita has her as Candy Nanita. And that took me a moment to decode that one, actually, what it was. That did make me laugh. So, yeah, there's there's no more out there. It's not something, as far as I'm aware, she's talked about recently. So, hopefully, she's not talking about it. The guy isn't being able to interact with her. And, hopefully, this situation might have resolved itself for, for her. But it's, yeah, it's something that's out there. It's all over YouTube. I've seen the videos. I have actually seen them. It seems more common, especially for the women that produce content online, that they get harassed by men like this it's different there's different reasons why or different purposes behind guess they're getting swatted or doxxed versus this stalking thing it yeah. does happen to men as well I'm not, I'm not trying to say they men can't be victims or anything but it does seem to be more women because the men obsess about them that's where the term like simping has come from but that's a bit different as well i will get into that one because yeah. I've, I've heard it but i don't know yeah i think the the, the problem is is it's re evolving so much that People are scrambling. The, the, the research isn't there. The knowledge isn't there behind it. And for every person that does it, their their reasoning behind it is different. So you can't it's you can't just dump them all into the the, the one pole. Um, so, well, uh, YouTube only came out. I think came out. It was only a proper website in like two thousand seven. I think so. And that's when the first content creators, in the same way like that, that are privately motivated rather than corporate like corporations so that, like with celebrities people yeah. that stalk celebrities and might kill celebrities or find out where they live and then don't break in it's the times haven't evolved it's it's only been 14 years it's only been yeah. 13 14 years things haven't developed along look how fast technology is evolving things haven't kept up There's, the, the precautions haven't been made well the next case i'm going to go on to is going further back in time to the early days of computers so this one is David Heiss. David was born on the 18th of September 1987 to a Bolivian nurse and a German father in Frankfurt, Germany. The family was affluent, but his parents separated when he was six and then things took a turn. Neither parent seemed to want him to live with them. No idea why. And he was sent to live with his grandparents. His mother remarried and had more children, which likely alienated him even further. And he rarely saw either parent. He's described as a loner at school who spent all of his free time online. And according to uh, the mental health professionals, he doesn't appear to have had any friends or any close relationships. And he didn't develop any sense of social awareness. He also had seemingly had no filter of he, he didn't acknowledge what was socially acceptable and he, not having friends he had no one to tell him about where he was going wrong or doing or saying things no idea what or where the parents were at this point or the grandparents you would have think they would have noticed maybe but maybe not they just lived their lives and hope he'd turn out good in the end but he just doesn't seem to have evolved all of that so when he finished school he wanted to go to university but couldn't afford it. That's what all the literature says. Again, no explanation why. So I've got no idea how the education system is funded in Germany, but obviously his parents wouldn't contribute and his grandparents probably couldn't. Don't Germany actually pay you to go to uni in some cases? They, I, I know some countries pay yeah. the residents to, if you go to uni and you get the qualifications, you mm. get paid. They want to encourage high education, high intelligent levels and stuff. Yeah, but this was 20 years ago. Yeah, I guess ago. back in the day it might yeah. be different. Yeah. yeah. So he then joined the army, but he was actually discharged after two weeks as mentally unfit, 
which may suggest they saw something was not was, wasn't right, but it doesn't appear to have been delved into in the documentary I watched, and it doesn't appear to have any anybody ever dealt with it. He then appears to have gone back to his grandparents, um, back to hiding in his room. But with his grandfather dying in 2007, he's then believed to have spiralled down into depression. On the 19th of September 2008, the 21-year-old killed Matthew Pike in Nottingham by stabbing him 86 times. This was the culmination... Eight- Sorry, I was away from the mic. 86? 86. How how hard is that to stab someone eighty six times? They, I, I don't know what the depth of them were, but that was it was frenzied. There's no other way of describing it. Apparently, this was the culmination of Heise's obsession with Matthew Pike's girlfriend, a lady called Joanna Witten. Now, Matthew Matthew Pike, the victim, he ran a website and a chat room based. Um, set up around the Nintendo strategy game called War Central. It was an advanced war site with around 300 members, but apparently there were only 40 highly active and engaged. And Joanna helped this in her spare time. I have got no idea what this strategy game is. And I mean, that's almost irrelevant. But he said this was in the 80s. Was that when he would try to go to uni? No, 2007. Okay, 2007. Yeah, that, I, I don't know. I think even back then, the infancy of the internet, I think that's quite sweet. People having a common interest, games. Yeah. And then... So it's got and then... And then uh, fostering friendships online like that yeah so you've got 300 members but 40 of them are highly active and that sounds about right doesn't it people dip in and out and they've got lives but you've got other people for whatever reason you know in it david heiss he interacted with both of them there under the screen name screen name of eagle the lightning so between march and june of 2008 heiss was sending messages to joanna you scoffed at that name I've seen some really shit names online, some proper shit ones. So Eagle the Lightning isn't that bad. It's a bit cringy, but it's not that bad. Uh, I've seen some shit ones. Yeah. So Heist is sending messages to Joanna over this March to June. So it's not a long period. telling Telling her how much he loved her and telling other members on the site that he would die for her. And one of the three of them, him, Joanna and Matthew, would be dead by the time the whole thing was over. So somehow or another, he managed to get hold of their address. Um, The speculation was through possibly one of the other members of the site innocently gave it out. Again, this is what we talked about. You don't want people to know who you really are and where you really live. He travelled from Germany to the UK. And at, at one point, he actually took his grandfather's car and drove over and got a ferry with his grandfather's car. And he turned up twice, uninvited, completely uninvited on their doorstep. They were hospitable but taken aback and they allowed him to stay overnight. But by the September, his behaviour and obsession with Joanna had reached breaking point and they banned him from the site and told him to seek medical treatment. They actually told him to go and see a psychiatrist. By that point, I know if we know the conclusion of this, by that point, someone that's otherwise unhinged, knowing where I live like that, that drove that far unannounced and they're just being... I, I would have moved. I, I would have. I would have pieced out. I know. I know it sounds like a lot to completely up, upheaval your life, but I, I would have moved by that point. But I think this is the difference between now and then. We know where this behaviour can actually lead yeah, to. I guess, which is for, it's fortunate for us, but it sucks for those. Uh, but they, they shouldn't. Nobody should have to move because of this. But I know. Yeah. Again, that's not like the victim. Yeah, you're aware. People are aware that are listening. I'm not doing the victim blaming part. I'm just thinking for safety's sake for safety's sake and then if the outcome is you want to live we've got to skirt around the people that are trying to make you not live right yeah well going back to not victim blaming but it was rather daft um matthew posted a document online called 19 reasons why i hate david heiss and david somehow found out about it and he reacted badly that title sounds like a early noughties rom-com doesn't it? Yeah, does a bit, yeah. So Heist couldn't take the rejection. He he had the issues with the fact that Matthew rejected him as well as the fact he wasn't going to get to be with Joanna. Yeah, by that point, he's, he's almost antagonising him. Yeah, exactly. In his mind, he thought he would still have a chance with Joanna 
if he could get Matthew out of the way. The, the logic isn't there. We know that. She's not a fucking deer. Just because you're a bigger buck and you've killed her partner doesn't mean you suddenly get her. Why did he think killing him... But again, he's not running on logic. Her love David. He's not. He's not running on logic, is he? No, I know, but I, I can't. I, I struggle to wrap my head around that. If you, you're not a deer or a lion, you can't just kill the other male and suddenly be in charge. But the, the, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But he's definitely not, not thinking logically. So we actually got a plane back from Frankfurt, flew into I think it was East Midlands Airport, and then what you'd normally do is get a tram which is um, it's a cross between a train and a, a bus, for those that don't know. It's quite, they're, they're quite good fun. But he got the timings wrong. And he was seen on CCTV walking through Nottingham at 1am, dragging the suitcase behind him. He'd actually packed a sleeping bag. So somehow he knew... He, he ended up... It was 1 o'clock in the morning. The hotels weren't open. But he brought a sleeping bag with him. And to me, that shows premeditation because he fully intended to sleep outside their flat so he could get to see Joanna. Why else would he bring a sleeping bag with him? You'd, you come over, you go and stay in a hotel. You wouldn't pack a sleeping bag. Money? Can't afford it? Well, yeah, exactly. So he, he, he wasn't going to sleep in the bushes down the road from the flat. He was going to sleep somewhere. There was... What time of year is this? Do you know? Uh, this was... This is September, so it's... It would, it would have been cold. It can get, and it's certainly in Nottingham. It's June now. Yeah. It's cold. It's, it's, it's not raining, but it has been raining. It's, it's England. Yeah. You pack suntan lotion and an umbrella. You don't yeah. know. It's, and, it's uh, September, it, it, probably cold. Yeah, it's cold. What he actually did, he set himself up under an aircon unit that was by their flat, which blew warm air. And he settled down there until he saw Joanna leaving for work in the early hours of the morning. Um, he then knocked... And Matthew, likely thinking it was Joanna returning, forgetting something, he opened the door without checking who was there. Why would he? David Heist rushed him, and that's where he stabbed him 86 times. This is where it gets interesting. Joanna couldn't get hold of Matthew by phone. So she comes home from work, and she goes into the flat, because he should have been there. She goes into the flat, and she finds his body. Of course... All the police, all the police turn up and they discover, looking about, and I've seen the pictures of it, what we consider to be a screen now. It was a big old clunky monitor, one of the deep body, bo white bodied monitors, the big old ones. Do you mean a, it's like a television and a monitor? Yeah, but they were called monitors back in the day, no, they're, Cameron. They're different. I know you said they're the same, they're, they're, they are fundamentally different. A monitor and a TV are completely different. Yeah, but it's, it looked like one of those, yeah. it was a deep one. Matthew had actually managed to write in his own blood the letters D, A, V on the side of the monitor. And the police obviously had said to Joanna, what's this? And she immediately knew it was David Heiss. Police did a lot of looking around. Um, and they decided to go after David Heiss and they knew that he must have been in the UK so they actually did the check-in and they went after him and they found that he'd managed to get on a plane and he'd gone back to Germany. So, What's the time span from that? We are literally talking, I think it was a week. Oh, between him stabbing him going back. Yeah. He, was, he was actually in... Oh, hang on. He was in the UK at that time for a total of 16 hours the fuck yeah so so the police, i mean if anything is efficient at this point well the the police went looking the, 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 obviously joanna said dav that's got to be david so the police went looking and even back then there was cctv and they actually managed to find david heiss walking through they found him on the waiting for the tram when he'd missed it in the morning and then they saw him heading back towards the train station, the tram station, and they thought there was something really weird about the way he was walking. They just find out afterwards why. But he Did he stab himself by mistake? No, he got so much crud all over himself that he'd stuffed a pair of Matthew's shoes on and they were too small for him. So he's walking down... So he brought a suitcase, but he didn't bring another pair of shoes. Yeah. So he's gone back to Germany... And they, got the, they make all the attempts to go and talk to him and all the rest of it. 
and it appeared that it couldn't have been him because his online activity showed a log in the morning in Germany that he was in... Is that why he did it so fast, so he could have an excuse? He, he couldn't have done it in 20 hours? Yeah, it couldn't possibly have been me. I, I was online and, yeah, he did that fast. I've, I've been here the whole time. But it turned out he actually had his sister go online with his logins and he lied to her about the reasons why. So they knew this. So they, they, they get their arrest warrants and he's arrested in Germany on the 24th of September 2008. And he immediately, they, they put him into interrogation and he immediately admitted it. They also searched his room and they found the, the, the suitcase underneath his bed. The room back in Germany. Yep, his bedroom right. in Germany. And they found uh, all the bloody clothing and obviously Matthew's shoes, which were the wrong size. He kept all of it. He'd also actually written two suicide notes. Okay, part of that I said about him being efficient, that was wrong. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but he'd, he'd written two suicide notes. He'd written one as if Matthew had written it and he'd written one as himself and his original idea it seemed to have been is that he was going to dash in and try and make it look like Matthew had committed suicide leave the suicide note and then you know ride off into the sunset and then he'd come back and rescue Joanna from her terrible life because her boyfriend had killed himself obviously the handwriting didn't match and all, all of this sort of stuff but because Matthew fought back when he attacked him he had no choice, and it was it was actually described as a blitz attack. I mean, you can understand that with 86, 86, 87 stab wounds. How many stab wounds? 86, 87. Yeah. And when you're at that level, one doesn't make an awful lot of difference, does it? He, had, he was, he was uh, David was extradited, and he was um, in, interrogated in Nottingham. And he said that he'd actually only gone to punish Matthew for the 19 Reasons Why document... And when Matthew opened the door, apparently he attacked David and it was all self-defence. You went to his house? Yeah. So, yeah, and it, it brought me back to why did he keep everything, all the bloody clothing and everything under his bed? And he, he actually wore most of that because it was dark clothing. He kept that clothing on and he wore it back to Germany. And I, I, in my head, I was wondering if it was kind of a trophy. Look what yeah, I did. I mean, that's why you'd keep the shoes at least. Yeah. So he's tried in Nottingham Crown Court 2009. He was convicted and sentenced in May 2009 to life in prison with a minimum period of 18 years. Do you think the severity of that, again, I, I ask this every single time I get given a sentence like this. Not I get given a sentence, I get told the sentence of this. Do you think the, the length of it is because it was so premeditated and then he flew back and he set up plans to try to subvert the suspicion of him? Yes. Rather Absolutely. than him, rather than the act of killing one person. Absolutely. A lot of the time people don't get sentenced to 18 years. It's, it's the circumstance. Yeah, exactly. What was interesting to me when I did the research, it actually only took the jury two and a half hours to come back with the verdict. And from experience, it sounded like it was a unanimous or almost unanimous vote from the start and they were hanging it out so as not to appear too eager and maybe get a lunch out of it. Yeah, they were done in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's usually what you do. You go in and they say, right, sit down, let's take a vote. And that's where you go from there. So I suspect it was, that's why it only took two and a half hours. Now, what was interesting was subsequently it's reported that he was that David Heiss was trying to get sent back to Germany to serve out his sentence there and be closer to family. And yet there are allegations online that not a single member of his family came to his trial or contacted him during his time in custody. But I don't know how much that's true. Would you? Because if he lives with his grandparents, why doesn't he live with his parents? They didn't want him. So that relationship's bad. Mm. Any siblings? Yeah, well, his mother had... He's got half-siblings. His mother had more, more Again, children. Again, the relationship with the mother and then his uh, stepfather might be poor. The only one that's left is his grandparents. They might be either too old. Well, his granddad's died. Okay, then grandmother, too yeah. old, can't afford it. So and, then, and then on top of it, he's a fucker that stabs someone so, 80 odd times. So why would he want to go back to Germany to be close to relatives? I don't know. The German prison system 
might be better. I don't know than, yeah. than whether it's trying to be sentenced in the UK. They they take I know they take prisoner um, privacy very very seriously out there. You will find cases. You will hear of a case of you know Johan X did murdered another person. They never reveal the surnames. You arbitrary re- German name Johan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where my brain went. But you rarely if ever see pictures of anybody either. So the, G- the German press take it very very seriously. Why do we have that thing where? Uh, there's no pictures it's just drawings what is the what is the point because you're not allowed to take recording equipment into the courtroom why it's it's something they've been trying to overturn i think we've had one case in the uk where it's been filmed but court tv's a thing i i I don't understand why If, if someone could come up with a good i'm sure there is i just can't think of one there's a good reason for it sure but I can't think of one. I could Google it. Can't be asked. But, there, uh, there is a reason behind yeah. it. And I'll, I'll probably research it for something else. But going back, final thing about David Heiss. He didn't give up his obsession with poor Joanna. And he, because he, he actually did manage to go back to Germany. He managed to get transferred. And he twice wrote to her from prison over there. And he asked to meet up with her. I feel like that should add more time to your sentence. That sounds like it's just vindictive. Yeah. To remind one of the victims of the crime of what you did. But surely to goodness you would have thought that all his mail, outgoing mail, would have been checked and it was to make sure it wasn't going to be going to somebody that was even remotely connected. But no, he writes to the victim. But this is from his prison in Germany. He still writes to her, or he, he did at least, I'm assuming. I mean, from what I've read, she's gone on. Um, she's She's got a good life and she, she's okay don't know if she ever goes online particularly much anymore, though. No, I doubt she's playing the recent patch of that game. No. No. So that's that particular nasty case. And our final case is one that I got a rollicking for from Cameron because I didn't know who this guy, the actual um, attempted victim was. Um, But I'm going to tell you about the perpetrator to start with. People that are listening to this have probably watched some of these guys' videos without even realising because... During the start of YouTube in the in the um, 2010, 2020 and stuff, when obviously YouTube came out before, but that's when it became big to actually be a creator, their videos are some of the most popular ones on YouTube and they're they're short and easy to share. So they probably they were going around Facebook, they were going around loads of stuff back then. You yeah. you've, you have probably seen some now. Yeah, very realizing. Sorry, there's an ice cream truck outside. It's very loud. <laughs> Hang on. All right, Mr. Whippy's fucked off. Carry on. Right. So we're going to start talking. There's not an awful lot I can give you about this one, but it goes to, again... This content creator is being stalked or harassed. Yeah, yeah, and his obsession. This guy, he's called Christopher Giles. He was 23 years old, single man, living on his own, and worked as an outbound sales rep for a company in um, a place called Rio Rancho in New Mexico. So looking around on this guy's social media, because it's still out there, it shows mainly pictures of him wearing... Um, cat-shaped headphones. So they're called cat ears. You can you get these little claspy things that slide over the top of any headband and a pair of headphones? No, these were really were just that. full-ass cat ears. Yep. Okay. They, they, I'm sorry, he looked like a six-foot gnome with a fetish. That's the only way to describe this, this, these pictures of this guy. So, 22nd of January, 2018. Giles drove from Austin to Albuquerque, uh, an 11-hour trip. And at 3.40 a.m. on the 23rd, broke into the house of a couple, a gentleman called Gavin Free and a lady called Meg Turney by smashing a window. Obviously, that woke the couple. Um, They hid in a cupboard and they called the police. He went hearing through the house looking. He went looking for them and he couldn't find them. Came outside and the police were waiting for him. Fast. Yeah, they were quick. There was a standoff. Apparently, he actually fired the gun once inside the house, it said, and he fired once at the police on in, in the driveway. The medical examiner's preliminary ru- ruling reported that he you died... You almost butchered that, though. I almost. He died from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Now, Giles apparently developed a jealous obsession with British-born uh, Gavin Free's lifestyle and perceived excess. 
success after watching hours of YouTube videos of the couple where they're both active and very active with millions of subscribers. So a brief description of Gavin or who he is or why he's popular on YouTube and why this guy's obsessed with him. He's probably more well known as one of the guys from the slow-mo guys. They, they'll they take a thing. So you, if I hit you over the head of the water balloon, we'd see it in how we'd see it now, right? Yep. They'd slow it down to like 5,000 frames a second. So you see it in such slow-mo that when you get hit on the side of the head, you see the head move, but the eyes stay still because they haven't caught up with the inertia of that. And then it's super slow-mo. Yeah. They've got cameras that cost more than Aston Martins. And they were doing this from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. He's also really famous for being part of like a, a group of other content creators uh, called Rooster Teeth and probably something else, more of like a vlogging thing with him and his partner. Yeah, well, she's... she's I did chuckle when I read this. Um, she's a cosplayer... She's also in this rooster's teeth and they do science experiments as well as the pranks and all the rest of it. Now, they are both really, really big in the field. You said to me, do the research. So I did the research and it literally went straight over the top of my head. But like you say, I have very probably watched some of this stuff, especially finding out that Gavin actually worked on the BB- with the BBC for some of the Top Gear stuff early in the days. Again, I think just because he's got access to this this camera. So I, I'm just on the YouTube YouTube channel now. Their video from 10 years ago, yeah. 2011, has got 196 million views. Good Lord. Uh, one from five years ago, 82 million views. They're, they're huge. And all of these things are five minutes, five minutes, six minutes. They're really easy to share and see. And who doesn't want to see someone jumping on a trampoline with a thousand mousetraps on it? Because when are you ever going to see that in such slow-mo that you can... It's just... I'm going to show you a video of this now, actually. Hang on. So, I just showed Mother one of the videos of them jumping on a trampoline with a thousand mousetraps. Uh, just to say, those videos are so popular that they did back in the day that it, it bred loads of... Not copycats. Just just because you do the same thing doesn't mean you're a copycat. But a lot of places now do those slow-mo kind of videos like that. With uh, It's like a one-second clip gets stretched out, that's stretched out to like over a minute in 4K. So imagine how many more frames that is and how fancy the camera needs to be. Oh, yeah, I, you've I, seen it now. I'm going to show my age and show myself as a parent... Because when you showed me that, the, what did I think of? Do you think of me doing that? Me jumping no, I, off of stuff and doing it? What? Oh, yeah, you've damaged yourself doing equally daft things. But no, yep. my, there's a thousand mouse traps on this trampoline. And where's the safety goggles? Fuck it. Just don't put, don't yeah. put your eyes in the mouse trap. You'll be fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Just don't do that bit. No. So you can understand that, that, that these this couple would become very famous. Yep. Again, the cosplay. I watched a couple of videos with the perpetrator. He was... Can you find those on YouTube? So there's actual videos out there on YouTube about people talking about this, but I think I saw full videos of him that were embedded in blogs and that that were taken from his Facebook. Now, the, the guy was... There's, there's no two ways about it. He was quirky. He was really quirky. And I think he was probably very unwell. We know he was certainly very, very jealous, but he's only 23 years old. I think... Given time, he could have ended up with his own audience for the fact he was so quirky. He he, he could have been interesting. But I, I guess seeing something like this happened and he's just gotten jealous, just gotten more and more and more jealous. And it's a case of, you've got the success I wanted, I'm going to take you out. Um, the police actually, they did actually release a couple of um, statements about this. They said he lived alone. He often played video games and he watched YouTube videos, obviously. Um, and according to the warrant, they see the police seized two cell phones, a laptop, two tablets and an Xbox. And they labelled him lonely and disturbed. So I don't know. I think all three of them seem... All, all three cases, all, all three that we've covered, all the perpetrators, I don't know whether it's misogyny. I don't think it is. I need, the difference between hating women because they're women and hating someone and they happen to be a woman or yeah. disliking them because they're a woman, they, they are different things. The one that's with the slow-mo guys, Gavin and Meg, mm. I don't think that's misogyny related. He's trying to kill Gavin because he's jealous of him. The sweet and neat one, it could be some weird, twisted manifestation of love or feelings i guess i don't think it's a matter of hating her and the worst one was someone was where someone was purely a victim and they were murdered mm. again i don't think that's misogyny that's he wants to replace yeah replace matthew yeah so i don't think it's a case of misogyny i I'm, of course it's a weird fucking twisted thing about 
being obsessed with women and then stalking them online thinking they will love me eventually what the fuck how is that a thought process that you can share or you can hold i think the thing is that's interesting though is is because the stalking behavior it's it's recognized now whereas before it was written off a lot of content creators recently are talking about it in the same way they're talking about mental health problems and stuff now they're trying to normalize it they're trying to make people aware that these kind of things are happening so if anyone kind of displays those personality traits a lot of the people will call them out and put them down maybe that helps i don't know is that not more dangerous though well uh, i guess because if if no one around is trying to facilitate that relationship then i don't think it enters their minds quite the same because they already inherently know that it's bad from the start in a, in a different way if it never enters your mind to do that you might still be bad in some sense but not in that way i think as well with the way that these cases came out is that you as a content creator are known but the people that are doing this to you it's got to be even more frightening because you you've literally got no idea in the world where they may be people say oh you know take out a protection order get a restraining order how how are you going to find out who these you know little boy blue 24 could then turn up tomorrow as cyan yellow space cadet you Definitely don't know just doxed some people on, oh, on twitch with those names <laughs> Yeah. Sorry for anybody that's called yeah. Cyan Blue, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I did. Some, I did. Some also, dig- um, if in a year we're still doing this and we're really popular and someone's fucking killed me because they're obsessed and stalked me, this is your fault. This, this is the bit now. This, this, this is going to get clipped and shipped. Where, where this is some foreshadowing for. I, I guess murder me on Monday too, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, this, I guess yeah. this, in some ways, this, this is one of the reasons why I kept this case in abeyance for so long. I was a little bit. We're considering making this a Patreon episode in the future, way down the line or something, but I never thought it was fitting to a degree. I wanted to do it. Yeah, because it was a follow-on from last week as well with all this sort of stuff. So one thing I discovered that I'd never heard of before um, is something called a peace order, and it's very state-specific in the USA, but it seems to be far more effective than the usual restraining order or PPOs, as they're called, I'll put a link in the show notes. Have a look. If it's if it's relevant to you, have a look at these peace orders. They actually do seem to have a lot more teeth than restraining orders. And police are actually have to do something. Whereas restraining orders, they just usually do the usual get offline, you know, get ready, change your phone number. I've changed my phone number 15 times. You know, do this, do that. We've done them all. There's been some very high profile but long drawn out stalking cases that have resulted in convictions and prison sentences, but they are very few. And it really does depend where you live, certainly in the UK, um, as the CPS and the Crown Prosecution Service in England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Um, in Scotland, it's completely different. They they have police Scotland and it's their prosecution system is very, very different. Um, but the USA, again, it has some pretty impressive sounding legislation they describe cyber stalking as a specific federal crime and it falls under a federal stalking statute. Would that be because it's possible to stalk people across state lines so you'd need a, a federal? I would, yeah. So as well with things online and threats and other perceived is I think it has to pass a, a litmus test. I'm not sure if it's say, an actual part of the legislation, but if I'm a 13-year-old little child and I say I'm going to kill you online and, you're, and you live in Denmark or whatever... That doesn't pass it because it's not no. feasible. You yeah. might you might get banned off whatever platform it yeah. is because you're inciting violence or threatening someone. But if I'm your ex partner who was abusive and you've got restraining order against me, and I say the same thing online, it's a credible threat. So that actually carries weight to it. Exactly. But imagine you are sweet Anita. You don't know that that's that carries the- a credible threat because there is there's one person. It's a trans woman who streams on Twitch in Russia. They're very anti-gay, anti-not-whatever. Yes. yes. They, she constantly gets harassed by people coming in, shouting these transphobic slurs. So they get banned and they just create another account and do yeah. it all over again and place yeah. that Twitch don't do anything about it. Yeah. And it's at that point, that's that's a threat and they're threatening her that we know where you live and they'll tell, say the address on stream and stuff and they're like, what do you do? How do you get, what do you do there? 
Yeah, but that's the whole, that's my whole point. How do you know that that is a 13-year-old child in Denmark? You, you don't. Or a 30-year-old man that lives yeah. two doors down who's... You, you can't. It's 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 horrible. It, the, the, the USA legislation, uh, the, the stuff, again, that, that I just described, this specific federal crime cyber-stalking, I, I've never heard of this being used. And, I, and I've listened to... There is a, a couple of podcasts out there that do specifically deal with stalking cases. And I got fascinated for a while on these. And I've never heard this mentioned. I've never heard these peace orders mentioned. And I wonder how much of that is to do with the local police force not knowing about this or the, the local DA not knowing about it. Or is it one of those legislation that it doesn't actually act on anything? In, well, in the same way that you can't sack someone for being of a different race so that way when you sack them you just don't say it was because of that is that one of those kind of legislation doesn't do anything no it's, it's 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 got quite a it's got quite a kick to it this stuff it's and they'll pu- be left in the show notes for these kind of links yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah it includes any form of electronic com- communication that leads to someone to fear that they're in danger of serious bodily injury or death or that causes substantial emotional distress that's specific that sounds a bit Loose, because if I if someone if I just disagree with someone online, can't I do that? Uh, again, based yeah. on the definition. But the law was amended in twenty thirteen to include stalking by the internet or by telephone, and no longer requires that the perpetrator and victim live in different legal jurisdictions. So it used to have to be that you'd have somebody in California and somebody in Florida that would be because it's a federal statute. Now they can be in the same state. Hmm. Now. This cyber-stalking legislation can result, and again, I've not heard of it being used, in a sentence of up to five years in prison and a fine of $250,000 if the cyber-stalking results in death. It comes with a life sentence. Oh, I, sorry. Uh, no, I, I, I misread that. Yeah, I, I, mis- I, I thought you meant if you kill someone, it only costs two hundred fifty grand. i am like, yeah. that, that's not... I don't think that's that high. <laughs> but the if the so uh, yeah, I, I missed uh, my my apostrophe was in the wrong place. My comma, sorry. If the cyber stalking results in death, it comes with a life sentence. Now I'm I'm left thinking. Well, we've heard of these cases. Where what's happened to it? Why hasn't it been used? I don't understand why. Do you reckon it needs to meet specific criteria? It must do. It needs to get six out of seven, and then you got five. It must do. Beyond a reasonable doubt. It must do. It must do. But I, again, I'd, I'd not heard of this legislation until I did the research for this case. Absolutely fascinating. These these um, protection orders, again, I'd not heard about those. I've never heard of those being qu- quoted or anything. I think it's absolutely brilliant. The show notes are going to be really, really long. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Um, we're not going to do an aut- case autopsy this week because we're case autopsied out for this one. It's just been... it's. Yeah, it's been a different one this week. Apologies if it's not what you tuned in for, but someone did die, so I guess you got your little buzz, got, got your little fix from it. I oh, guess. Cameron! I mean, why else do people listen to this? I don't know. Well, thank you very much for listening. We hope you um, did enjoy this episode, and we look forward to sharing a more normal for us one with you next week. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Murder Podcast. They're not going to email us. Don't look at me like that. No, they're true. They're not so, going to email yeah, us. we'll see you next time. Much Bye. love. Peace.